I'm actually just going to move this for a minute. Let us come to God in a time of prayer as we open God's word. Most gracious, loving, and holy God, we thank you for giving us your word, the Bible. We thank you for the words that you have here that speak to our hearts and to our souls and to our situation. And so, Lord, may we receive these words now and desire to live them out in obedience. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning we are going to hear from Acts chapter 1. And we're going to begin at verse 12. We're going to go to 26, but we're going to skip a couple of verses in the middle there. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood So we just heard about the 11 disciples, right? They're with 120 of them, women and Jesus' brothers, and they're praying. And then verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and he said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago 
through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph called Bersabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. And then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias, so he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. As you all know, we here at Heartland Community Church are in a period of transition. Right about three weeks ago now, you said goodbye to Pastor Brandon and Stephanie and their three children. And now we wait. I sort of feel like we wait. We wait for a process to unravel that helps us to find a new pastor. And some of you have done this before. Some of you probably were part of the process when you hired Brandon and Stephanie and maybe even Drew and Andrea before that and maybe even before that. Right? Some of you have been there before, here before and you think, we can do this again. Now, others of us maybe haven't been a part of a process like this in a church setting, but we've all had changes of leadership in our workplaces, right? We've had different bosses, we've had different team leaders, we've had different jobs ourselves. We know what it's like to transition. But there's something about this transition in the church or in a Christian organization that makes it different than secular spaces. That is, we believe that we can hear from God to tell us what the next steps are going to be and to understand from God who God has already called to take this place. Some of you may still wonder, well, but how do we do that? Right? That all sounds really good, but how do we do that? That's why I chose this passage this morning, this, this narrative, this story in the New Testament, where we hear about how God's people go through a process of discovering what God wants them to do, and they do it, right? And they're led by God to do that. And so that's really also how I see my role. So that's how I'm starting with this foot um, here this morning because every time you see me in the pulpit or if you see me in a meeting, um, I am going to be talking about how we're discerning God's will. And so I might talk about spiritual practices or spiritual habits that we have. Um, I'm always going to be inviting us into those things 
to always help us to be able to listen to God and God's Spirit. So let's take a look at this passage. We're in the book of Acts. So Acts is in the New Testament of the Bible. It's the fifth book. We have those four Gospels, and then we have the book of Acts. But Acts is really a continuation of one of those Gospels, and that's the Gospel of Luke. The same Dr. Luke who wrote the Gospel of Luke wrote the book of Acts. And whereas the Gospel of Luke focuses in on Jesus and his time on earth and his life and his ministry, Acts picks it up after Jesus ascends to heaven. He's no longer on earth in person, but he tells his disciples, you're going to keep doing the good work that I started with you. And that's what Acts is all about. We see the church just flourish through the power of the Spirit um, and through Jesus' continued work through all of his followers. And we're this morning at the very beginning of Acts, and so the 11 verses that we didn't read this morning what happens there is just before Jesus ascends to heaven, Jesus tells his disciples that they got to stay in Jerusalem because God's going to give them a great gift. And he's referring to the Holy Spirit. And he says, once you get that gift that when you're there, you're going to go out to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, and you are going to be witnesses to my resurrection in order to make more disciples all throughout the earth. And Jesus says that, and then poof, he's gone. And so right after that, we have our passage this morning where we picked up in verse 12. And so right away, what do we see? Well, we see that the disciples are back in Jerusalem. They were only about three-quarters of a mile away for the ascension. They came back to Jerusalem because Jesus told them that they had to wait there for this gift. And what are they doing? Well, we saw those 11 disciples, right? And you remember what happened to Judas, the 12th, right? It was referred to here. Remember Judas, right? Judas is the one who betrayed Jesus, was a part of Jesus' arrest in the garden, right? And after that, G Judas died by suicide, is what it's believed, okay? So Judas is no longer, and he's no longer a part of the 12. So there's 11. And they're together with a bigger group, though, right? You heard that there's this group, a church of 120 people. And it's made up of men and women and family of Jesus. Jesus' mom, Mary, and his brothers are there. And did you catch what they were doing just before the mic went out? What were they doing? They were praying. Yes, they were united to pray constantly and continually. Likely praying that they would do what Jesus invited them to do and that they'd have the courage and the strength and the ability to do that, to carry out that good work. And then as they're praying, Peter stands up and he says, hey, we've been reflecting on the Bible. We've been reflecting on the Psalms, and what do we see there? Well, we see that what happened with Judas, God told us that was going to happen, right? That Judas was going to leave as the 12, and what else did it say? That we got to fill his spot. So as the disciples and the 120 sat with Scripture and reflected on Scripture, they reflected on it in such a way that they could hear God speaking to them about their current situation. And so what do they do? Well, they come up with some criteria. Who's going to fill this position? Just before, earlier in the chapter, 
we had heard that the disciples' job is going to be to what? To bear witness to Jesus' death and resurrection. So they know that the person who has to fill this spot has to be someone who's been a part of Jesus' ministry. And so we heard it lift up in this passage that it's got to be someone who was already there when John was baptizing with water all the way up to when Jesus ascended to heaven. And there's two men among them that fill that criteria. But now the followers of Jesus Christ don't yet have the Holy Spirit, right? They're in this 10, there's a 10-day gap when, between Jesus ascending and them receiving the Holy Spirit. So they don't quite trust all their gut instincts, right? Because they just don't have the Spirit yet. And so what do they do? They say, okay, God, we got these two names. We're going to now draw them by law, and you have to tell us that you want to serve in this spot. So they pull a name out of a hat, and it's Matthias. God chose Matthias through this process to be the one to fill that spot. So what we see here that happened about 2,000 years ago was a process that God's people used to discern God's will to live it out in obedience, right? And so what kind of things do we see there? What kind of spiritual habits did you see? Does anybody, did anybody see anything? What were they doing? They were praying, right? They spent time in prayer. What else were they doing? How did they come to learn what God wanted them to do? They heard it from God's word. They heard God speak to them through his word about what they needed to do in that specific situation. And then they lived it out in obedience, right? They used, they used a lot of common sense, right? Knowing who Jesus was and knowing what Jesus called them to do to come up with these two names. And then they relied on God to tell them how to move forward. Now, how do you think this process might work for us here? You think there's bits and pieces that we could take from this and apply to our situation? Probably. Donna's saying, yep. Yeah, absolutely there are. So let's pick apart a couple of these. So we heard some of these things that I mentioned just now, but there's some other things going on here too. We got these 120 people who knew Jesus and loved Jesus deeply, right? For the past few years, they've been following Jesus around. They've been witnessing everything that he's been about. They knew him so intimately, right? So they knew Jesus' heart. They knew Jesus' soul. They knew everything about him. So that's one of the things that's really important, Right? In order to, to discern God's will or to be able to hear God's voice, we need to know who God is. Right? We need to love him and desire to follow him. Of course, we see the prayer piece. Right? That these folks were dedicated to prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was taught how to pray, I had to say a lot of words. You too, you know, you use the, you use the Acts formula, um, we're taught to pray by telling God what we need and what we want, right? Talking to God like he's our best friend. And that's absolutely a part of what prayer is about. 
But something tells me that these disciples and that these followers of Jesus were doing more than just talking. Right? They were doing an awful lot of listening. They were listening. And we sort of see that go hand in hand with the way that they use the Bible, right? That through the Bible, they were listening through God's word to hear what God might have to say to them through the Bible, right? And I don't know for you, but for me, when I grew up, I was told to just read my Bible and pray every day, and I'd grow, 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 right? But there's something here that's a little bit different, or it's a slowing down. It's not a ticking off our list, but it's a slowing down so that we can hear from God in God's word. That we're not reading the Bible to increase our knowledge, to learn more facts. We can do that too. But there's also this space where we're sitting with God's word in such a way that we can reflect upon it and we can wonder, well, what's God saying to me today? And what's God saying to us? right now, in this season. God can speak to us explicitly through his word to provide direction for the future. And the thing is, when we are discerning God's will together, we're really being like the disciples in these 120, um, this early church. We're saying that, God, whatever you tell us to do, we're going to do it. Whatever it is that you tell us through your word or as you speak to us, we are going to live that out in obedience. Okay? And part of my most favorite part of this passage is right near the beginning, right, we see that there's these 11 disciples. They come back from three-quarters... Um, miles away, come back to Jerusalem. Here they are in Jerusalem waiting for the Spirit, and what are they doing with 120? They're praying. They're praying. Now you remember, what did I say that Jesus just told them that they were going to be about to do? They were going to have to go out, right, to Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, to the ends of the earth. They're going to proclaim Jesus' death and resurrection to all these people. We're people who like to get on the ground and get running, Right? We like to have this plan and say, okay, now I'm going to figure it all out, right? Who's going to go here? Who's going to team up here? How are we going to do this? How are we going to speak to these people? We don't like them very much. How are we going to do this? How are we going to, right? We're planners. We want to get planning and get on the ground and running. They're not planning and getting on the ground running, are they? They're slowing down. They're not in a rush. They're leaning on God and saying, God, we know we're going to need you because this is going to be a big, big, big job. And we need to make sure we're paying attention and that we pay attention when you tell us what to do next because this is going to be huge. And frankly, we can't do this on our own. And so in order to discern well, we need to be people who slow down. And of all the things mentioned, that is probably the most countercultural for us, right? It's probably the hardest thing for us to do. Some of us have young families that are very busy, right? Our children are always up, so it seems, right? It's hard for us to rest. 
Others of us are just involved in activities here, there, and everywhere, right? We work, we volunteer, we have lots going on in our lives, lots of good things. But probably most of us, if not all of us, probably have a hard time slowing down. And yet in order to hear from God, we need to be still enough to hear from God. Right? When we're rushing from here, there, and the next place, we aren't in a space to hear from God. We're not in a place where we're able to do much reflecting. And so here, this narrative, if it does nothing else, it tells us that in order to hear from God, we need to slow it down. We can't be praying and reading our Bibles like it's a checklist. We need to sit with them and sit with God and be known by God so we can know God. And so in the spirit of slowing down, the exec team and consistory have decided for July that we're not going to have meetings. That's our normal rhythm. We normally take July off, and we're still going to do that this year. Even though we got a big job ahead of us to continue to discern God's will. We're going to slow down. Of course, we're going to participate in VBS because that's exciting and we love children. But we're going to slow down from meetings and we're going to dwell with God's word and we're going to be people of prayer. We're going to be people who listen really, really well. And so in order to do that, my plan is that we'll provide you with a beautiful prayer calendar for the month of July, that you will sit with different scripture passages, probably just one a whole week. You could read one passage every single day. You could even read it twice a day. And we could wonder, what is God saying to us through these passages? And we could do that alone or with our families or pull together a couple of friends from church. And we could sit with God's word in a different way in order to hear a word from God for us right now. And so for the month of July, that's what we're going to do. We are going to lean in on practicing how to slow down, how to rest well, how to be people of constant and continual prayer. That's not always talking, but that's listening. And we're going to dwell with God's word to do that. And so the type of process that we've seen here in Acts chapter 1 is the type of process that I'm all about. Okay, so when you see me anywhere connected to this building, this is what I'm going to be about. I'm going to be about prayer, and I'm going to be about dwelling with God's word and resting and slowing down and listening. And God's invitation for all of us this morning is an invitation to do that. Because when we do that, we come to know God so much more intimately, so much more personally, um, and we know how much, we come to learn how much God loves us. And then in that love, just how much we can trust God. That we know that God's got this. Whatever the future holds, that God has us in the palm of his hand. And we just get to walk in step with him. And so it's my prayer this morning that you hear this, and maybe it scares you a little bit, and that's okay. But that you say, you know what? With the power of the Spirit, I'm willing to give this a go. I'm willing to prioritize making time to pray and to sit in silence and to listen to God and to sit with Scripture in such a way that we can listen to God 
together. And so this will be our learning along the way um, with the goal of hearing from God and living that out in obedience. Let's pray. Gracious God, it is just so good to know and to witness how you even so many years ago walked alongside your people as they discerned next leadership for them. And so, Lord, when we hear this, and this isn't the only story in the Bible, but when we hear this, we are reminded that we can trust you and that you are going to help us do that very same thing. So, Lord, this morning we heard this invitation from you, an invitation to slow down, to be good listeners, to be good reflectors. Um, And so, Lord, we pray that through your Spirit who resides in each of us, that you would help us to say yes to that invitation and that you would walk alongside us as we do that. And this is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.